Well, you have found your way to another episode of Speakernomics. Thank you so much for listening to this show. This is a podcast about being a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we are going to talk to Denise Jacobs. Now, Denise, what are two ways that you think speakers can be more successful? Okay, the first way, Tom, is to overcome your inner critic, number one. Number two is to be in service of your audience through overcoming imposter syndrome. Ooh, I like that. I think imposter syndrome is something we all fall prey to sometimes. So this is going to be a lot of fun. So for those of you who don't know Denise, and you should know Denise, she helps people unleash their creativity and overcome that inner critic. Now she does this because she is a speaker, an author, and a creativity evangelist. Which amongst us don't wish we were had that as part of our title? A creativity evangelist. That's awesome. So, Denise, let's jump right in. Uh, let's kick off this interview. So, your first tip was all about uh, managing your inner critic. And I know that this is something you talk to audiences about all the time. What What is the inner critic? So, the inner critic is that kind of internal voice of self-doubt that, that you know, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, people are going to find out I'm a fake, that kind of thing. And usually it is like the one thing that throws the wrench in the works of everything that we do, right? The total thing behind self-sabotage. And so I like to help people overcome that so they can be like their biggest and best selves. So how does an inner critic prevent speakers from reaching their highest levels of success? Well, I mean, it can affect so many parts of your process as a speaker. It can actually affect your speaking and your delivery of content and your, your performance. But it could also affect how you run your business or don't run your business, right? So it can be the thing that keeps you procrastinating on stuff that you need to do. It can make you afraid to reach out to clients or to set up. Uh, uh, an outreach system or a CRM. It could be the thing that keeps you from, you know, taking the steps to hire somebody to do your social media or something like that. It can, they can affect you in so many ways. So Denise, I think that this is something that a lot of people who are listening to this podcast right now are going, Oh, cause I procrastinate or I haven't set up my CRM or I don't use it even though I have it or an outreach program. I mean, I know I should have that. So what can speakers do to get past these little, these roadblocks that are being set up by this inner critic? Well, one of the things that I think is really important is first of all, to recognize, like to, to recognize what you're doing and to not look at it as necessarily a shortcoming or, you know, that, you're somehow deficient in some way to say, oh, okay, I've got this mental block and it's because of my inner critic. And to maybe even drill down and to say, like, why? Like, what is really behind this, right? Also would be really great. Um, I know that NSA has got like all of these, you know, wonderful um, things for members um, to have like a group of, you know, maybe you're in a mastermind, maybe you're in another speaker's group or something to actually talk to other people about not just like, what are you doing? And then have them give a litany of all the amazing things that they're doing that just reinforces you feeling horrible, but to actually say, I'm feeling like this. I've got these 
thoughts, like, do you feel like that too? Or have you felt like that? And what did you do to overcome it? A lot of times I feel like, especially when you talk to people who are perceived as very successful and in our industry, we're always looking at other speakers, <laughs> right? To kind of get kind of clues and stuff like that. And everybody's got a way that they've been successful. And then when you don't do that, you always, I mean, at least I know for myself, like then I've always felt like, you know, I'm somehow, you know, deficient in some way. But when you talk to people who are outwardly successful, but they say, yeah, I totally feel like this. I totally am afraid of being judged or I totally was afraid of doing this thing. And, and then I overcame it this way. And then I got this thing in place. I think it just, it helps you, right? It helps kind of give you a template of what could be possible. Well, you bring up an interesting point, and that is one maybe negative byproduct for a lot of speakers is we do have a bad habit in our industry of comparing ourselves to people who seem so much more successful. People always look at the outliers who are, you know, the celebrities or the people who have shot to the top really fast. And we think, oh, oh. so do you think that that comparison is a bad thing? Well, I actually think, first of all, I actually, in my book, I talk about comparison syndrome, and it is actually a form of the inner critic. So I think that comparisons can be dangerous because it takes us away from being what I call self-referential, right? And one of the things that I've, you know, myself and then other colleagues who are speakers have learned kind of over this past year is how freeing it is to be self-referential and to stop comparing and to find out what actually is relevant and resonates and like, congruent with yourself rather than looking at other people and comparing yourself to them and then finding yourself wanting, right? No, I was going to say, I, I mean, I know that I've fallen guilty to looking at people thinking, oh, you know, I must suck because I'm not doing what they're doing. But I recently, for another program that I host, I interviewed Judson Lapley and, mm. uh, you know, fantastic speaker, good friend to so many people in the industry. And Judson said something, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it. I don't remember his exact words, but he said, comparing up can often hold us back or, or make us feel bad. But sometimes comparing down can remind us that we're actually doing pretty well, especially in this world of the pandemic. If we just look at the people who have crushed it, a lot of us sit there going, oh, my business collapsed, wah. He goes, but there are a lot of people who are paralyzed or stuck or have gotten sick or had something worse happen to them. And he said, when we look the other direction, sometimes it can ground us in a way that says, okay, I'm in a good spot and I can go forward. My words, not his, but that was that was his concept. Right. And to help us be grateful for for what we are. But then but then, you know, I want to get back to this whole being self-referential thing um, that it's so important, I think. And, and again, this is this is I, I talk about this stuff because this is also my own work. Right. This is not like I'm just, you know, on high preaching down to people like this is like something that is that I'm working with my own self. And one of the things that's been, like I said, just this year has been really freeing is to actually see that, you know, I feel like the pandemic, one of the things the pandemic has taught us is that everybody's kind of on their own path and everybody has their own way. So everybody responded to the pandemic when it started in a different way. Everybody like, you know, kind of over the course of time, it hits you differently. 
And I think that one of the things that's been really powerful about this period of time is to go, oh, this is what I need right now. This is what works for me right now. This is who I am as a speaker. Like all the people who've discovered like virtual is awesome, right? Like, like I never, like, I do not need to get on a stage again. And then there are the people who are like, virtual is okay. And I really miss stages, right? I really miss the crowds or I really miss the talking in the bar before and afterwards. Like I really miss the people. And, but and I want to add one thing. I talked to a few people recently who secretly confided that they hate virtual, but they can't feel like they can say it out loud. They totally want to get back to the stage and right. they totally don't like virtual. And my answer was, it's OK. You don't have to love it. Right. And it's OK. And so like this kind of whole business of like, what is it? What works for me? What do I need? What how do I need to structure my day? Not seven habits of, you know, highly successful people, but like. I'm not like, maybe I'm not a person who wants to wake up at five in the morning. Like maybe the, my time of waking up is eight or nine or 10 or whatever. And, and that's okay. Right. And just finding out what actually genuinely works for us. I think that is one of the most important things. So you mentioned something else that you said was helpful in helping deal with your inner critic. And that was having a peer group or a mastermind group. Like, like I've had a mastermind group for over eight years now. I think we're, we're going to get hit nine years that we've I'm been so in to... love with your mastermind. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody wishes they could join our mastermind and, and there's no openings. We've closed those doors, but, uh, but that group has helped me when I, I have had an inner critic when I have been adrift or lost. How important do you think it is for people when, when they're struggling to come over that inner critic to find their tribe, to find that right group of people? I feel like it's crucial and it's critical. And even if it's, you know, like, like for the mastermind that I'm in, one of the things that's been the most helpful is, is when I'm just like, you guys, I just feel like I'm just not very motivated and inspired and then have them actually be able to have the perspective and been like, you've been going through it and you need a vacation. Like you don't feel motivated, inspired because you need to take a break. And instead of me in my head with my own inner critic being like, I need to do more. I need to hustle. I need to push. I needed this and this and have somebody else be like, nah, son, no, what you need to do is you need to like sit down and rest and have a piece of cornbread. That's what you need. <laughs> right. And so I feel like it's really, really important. And, you know, I was inspired by you, Tom, when I met you at Influence. Wait, well, actually, I met you at South by Southwest way back in 2010. But when I heard your story about about your mastermind group in 2017 at my very first Influence and after that, I was like, that sounds like the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. And I feel like it's taken me, what, last year to three years to try to develop that. But I finally feel like I've found one. Nice. And, and, it, and it is hard. I had a couple of other attempts at a mastermind group that didn't deliver that level of kinship and inner critic beating and everything else along the way. So... All these things that you've talked about, about how to overcome this inner critic and get yourself out there. When you do that, how does it make a speaker be more successful and make more money? I think, first of all, um, you actually create, develop and create and put into place systems that work for you, right? 
So if you're procrastinating on the outreach, if you're, you know, sitting on the social media, if you're not sending out the newsletters, if you're not responding to inquiries and things like that on time, then obviously you're going to, those are all missed opportunities, right? I mean, that's pretty easy math to do. (laughs) But then I also feel like that when you do those things, you start to build confidence in ways that make it so that when you do finally deliver, that you're delivering from a more confident place. And then that will also generate you more money. They're all related. It's all (laughs) interconnected. Absolutely. Imagine a world where you have a clear vision for the future, goals and milestones to measure your progress, a predictable way to generate revenue, and true control over your business. To be honest, this isn't rocket science. You just need the systems to support you, and SpeakerFlow can help you do it. Through technology, strategy, and community, you'll be able to build the business of your dreams and save yourself some time, energy, money, and stress along the way. Head over to speakerflow.com slash get started to find free resources and a roadmap to guide you through your journey. So you had a second tip and that was about, you know, actually being in service to your audience while at the same time, not not having imposter syndrome hold you hold you back. My first question is, is imposter syndrome the same thing as an inner critic or are there some nuances that make those two things different? So in my mind and with the research that I've done, imposter syndrome is a form of the inner critic. But so many people kind of treat imposter syndrome as its own thing. And I feel like it's kind of a big enough part of the way the inner critic shows up that it warrants its own. What do I want to say? It it warrants its own thing, right? A lot of people will say I have imposter syndrome, but they wouldn't say that I have an inner critic. Do you know what I mean? No, I I fully understand. So let's talk now about being in service to your audience. So being in service to your audience. So I feel like one of the things that that one of the best things about, ooh, I'm getting emotional. Listen, look at me. One of the best things about this job is how much of an opportunity we have to help people. I told you, my God, I'm like so emotional. Today. Occasionally I make guests cry. It's totally fine. <laughs> and that we have this wonderful opportunity i cannot believe how teary i am but we have this great opportunity to like really genuinely help people and help move them forward and help move the needle on whatever they're stuck with and when we really tune into our audiences and we really have you know we really they really we really connect with them that we have the opportunity to really serve them even better right that we have an opportunity to really um, spark growth and change and transformation. Wow. Denise, I I love that you've gotten emotional about this because in my experience, I've been, you know, a full-time speaker for over 12 years and in the business longer than that. And a lot of speakers talk about being in service to their audience. It's sort of a throwaway line that people say, Oh, I'm here to, it's not about me. I'm here to serve. You just started to tear up when you talked about being in service. And that's when you know that a speaker is really legit in what they're saying. So let's talk about where does that come from inside of you? What, where does that come from about being in service that, that moves you to tears? 
You know, I think it's just that, or I won't say just, I think that part of it is that when you see the effects of the work that you do and how it actually changes people. Um, I just got done doing a, an eight week mastermind and, um, and it was about building career confidence and encompassed all kinds of stuff with the inner critic. And last Thursday was the last class. And to hear these people saying what they were saying, like one woman was like, you know, I feel like now I am putting myself more forward and I'm making decisions that are more supportive of myself. And I feel more confident saying no and all this stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, when I think about all the times that I was working with developing content on the inner critic and talking about it and writing articles about it and then sitting at my desk at my house by myself <laughs> writing my book you know it's like you do this stuff and you're like i want to do this to help people but when you actually see it help people when you actually see people change over the course of time change over the course of eight weeks I mean, that's just so powerful, right? Like this, these were just ideas. And now they're actually ideas that have gone into action that have actually helped to transform people. I, I can't even think of a greater honor that, you know, that we could have as people to help other people change for the better. So Denise, this is a great reminder because we talk a lot on Speakernomics about how to grow your business, how to make more money, but... I think everybody has to learn from what you're saying in in this part of this interview that helping people, I mean, really helping people, not a standing ovation, not a big check, uh, not even spinoff business, really helping institute change in the life of a human matters. And to some extent, doing that, would you agree, is a currency in itself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, almost, you know, like hate to use the word, but it, invaluable, like, right. How can, how can you put a dollar amount or a pound amount or a euro amount or any other, other currency? How can you put an amount on that? Like you can't. So we often get caught up in, in all the, Ooh, what's your fee? How many times did you speak last year? All this. But when it really comes to this service that you're talking about in the second tip, how can speakers get back to that? Because I think a lot of people get into the business for that right. and then, right. they, then they lose their way. So how can speakers get back to that feeling of heart that, that you just shared? Oh, you know, I think it's, I, 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 I mean, just from my own recent experience, I think part of it is actually having direct interaction with people or even having the, you know, the feedback over time. I think, one of the things that, and I don't know how many people do this as speakers. I would actually be very interested to find out if anybody um, does this. Please reach out and tell me about what kind of follow-up you do post-keynote or what kind of follow-up you do post-training and, and in what intervals, right? Because it's one thing for people to be all caught up in the moment and give you a standing ovation or whatever, come up and, oh my God, that was amazing. And, you know, give you a hug afterwards and all of that stuff. But how many people 
are going to say that that affected them three months down the line? How many people are going to say that affected them six months down the line or a year or two years or three years or however long, right? I wonder how many people actually can get that kind of feedback or like checking in and saying, Hey, you know, I keynoted whatever, you know, in Budapest back in 2014 or, you know, love to check in and see like, has anything stuck with you? What's resonated, whatever. I feel like sometimes when you have that kind of thing, that's for me, at least that's when I go, okay, this actually means something like this is meaningful. I think to be able to get that potentially on a regular basis, that'd be helpful, or at least in a, you know, more interpersonal kind of way. So I believe a lot of people don't do that, you know, longer term follow up. Maybe they send out a survey right after they speak, but they don't look back to what happened over time, partially because the business can be very transactional. So you're on to the next speech, you're on to the the next speech. But do you think that maybe this this concept of imposter syndrome keeps people from being able to be in that level of service both on the stage and afterwards is are the two related i absolutely think so i mean especially the way the way you just the way you just put it i think that it's also i think in some ways because we don't get that feedback because we don't often hear what's happening with people over time based on the work that we've done, right? We work so hard to prepare, to practice, to deliver, to give, you know, a good performance, to wear awesome clothes, to do this, to do that, do the other thing, have a great website, have a great speaker reel and all this stuff. But when you're not getting the feedback over time, then it's, I think for me, I I know that I've, I've fallen prey to this. When I don't get the feedback, it's like, wait a minute. Am I, am I as good as I, do I, is this actually doing anything? I don't think this is doing anything. I'm like, I'm getting up there. I'm giving it my all, but is this actually doing anything? And so I think it's that feedback and especially the heartfelt unsolicited in some ways, um, kind of pieces that really go make you go oh okay you know okay this this is actually doing it and then it helps you to stop feeling like you're an imposter like you're pulling the wool over people's eyes like you're going through the motions and and it's just it's just a facade or fraud Denise, I am just thinking about something, and and we didn't talk about this before as we prepared for this interview, but do you think in the world of, you know, 2020 with us moving to to having to do almost everything virtually for the last year, do you think that gives us a chance to have better contact during and after with our audiences or less ability to have that contact during and after with our audiences? Well, the interesting thing is I feel like it's kind of a little both, right? Like, and I think it also depends on the way the virtual delivery is set up. So, for example, if you're delivering, depending on also what your tech setup is and all of that stuff, I still have a very kind of stripped down tech setup. So it's like I'm Zoom and then Keynote takes over the whole computer. It's like I can't see chat. I can't see anything. And I'm just like, well, I can't look. Guys, I can't see chat, but put it in the chat. I'll look at it later or whatever. And you get, and sometimes, you know, you're on a way where you can't actually see feedback from people and stuff like that. 
But then I've also had, I actually just had this recently where I gave a presentation and I had to record it ahead of time. And then I was on as it was being played and I was on chat with everybody. And so then I could actually see the responses and the reactions as they were happening, which was better than missing everything. You know, I I feel like that is one way of getting it. But I think that is for me, at least, because I do like in person. I appreciate virtual and there's the convenience factor is amazing. (laughs) You don't have to get on the airplane. I don't have to get on the airplane, although I I miss I kind of miss flying. Yeah, I I miss TSA. I, 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 I miss I miss TSA. TSA just TSA not any of the not, other not the rest of it I, you know I, I I kind of now I'm like how come it's been a long time since I've been randomly selected I, I wish I was just randomly selected once in a while to be you know doubly searched oh I have suggestions on how that you how you can do that. <laughs> politically correct but um I do miss there's 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 something so wonderful about seeing everybody's faces like feeling the energy in the room like feeling people feeling people's excitement not you know extrapolating or presuming or hoping for people's excitement but actually feeling like feeling the energy of the room change and and like actually being able to guide it and transform it in the moment Ah, it's just it's so magical so denise thank you Thank you so much for joining us here on Speakernomics. So our audience is made up of professional speakers at all levels, NSA members, non-NSA members, uh, speakers, trainers, uh, facilitators, consultants, podcasters, etc. What last piece of advice do you have for those here today listening? <sighs> I say get back to yourself, right? Be self-referential, structure things so that they work for you. Trust yourself, get yourself a, find your tribe of people, of peers, and then be in service of the audience so that you can stop feeling like you're not good enough and know that you are. Well, and I so appreciate you being so open, honest, and raw with us in your sharing today. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. Please tell all of your friends in the speaker business about Speakernomics. Have them go subscribe wherever they get their podcast love. And uh, join us next week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat. Word. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.